Greetings, I'm Laura Puccia-Valtorta. Welcome to episode 18 of my podcast, B is for Bisexual. This story is called Inverness, and we are reading part one today. A valued listener, just like you, has suggested that we should expand the wild boar story to include part three. I'm working on that. But today, we need to concentrate on our character Inverness, who finds that her life is filled with both science and magic. Joining me in the reading are Marco Valtorta, the computer science wizard, and Dante Valtorta, our son. I am a content creator, and my films include Bermuda, the feature-length comedy, You Feel Me, and Disability. They are available on channels such as Amazon Prime and Tubi. A shout-out to listeners in California, South Carolina, Texas, California, and Italy. And now, Inverness, Part 1. Inverness... Kenya Cordelli. She pronounced her name slowly. The checkout librarian at the Beaufort County Library, St. Helena Island, peered at Inverness's stony face and did not try to hide her curiosity. African and Scottish? More or less. It was useless mentioning her 12% Italian 15% Asian Native American DNA to this woman with the lollipop face, curly red hair, and flowered skirt. Useless and boring. Inverness just wanted to check out 10 books, mysteries, entomology, and literary fiction, take, take them back to her new apartment on the beach, and chill. Irish and Spanish, said the checkout lady, jabbing her finger toward her own chest. This explains nothing. Maybe the sparkling dark brown eyes. Flamenco becomes river dance? The lady at the checkout counter wrinkled her forehead, puzzled. Inverness tried relating. I was a librarian too for many years. Must be pretty busy with all the school children around. Not really. Today's a Thursday. I just moved here from Ohio. Need to get a card. Inverness's last job as head research librarian had been the best one before she got thrown out for speaking the truth. Latinx, please define it. Does Pope Francis fall into this category? He did, of course, because he was born and grew up in Argentina. And there were so many people of Italian origin who lived there. But it would take a turn of mind, the medieval magnitude of convincing people that the earth was round rather than flat, to erase from the human psyche the false and destructive concept of race. That job in Ohio had ended after 10 years. As a public research librarian helping the homeless, the graduate students, the fifth grader working on her study of ostriches, the retired medical doctor writing her PhD dissertation on microloans. She was content before an eager job seeker came along, the son of a state senator. 
He'd wanted Inverness's job, and so they had asked her to leave, discarded for not following the crowd. The beach was where she was living now, Harbor Island, South Carolina, where she bought a two-bedroom condo. It was marginal in more ways than one. A barrier island, a bird sanctuary, a changeable pile of sand. The scorched red beachgoers mainly ignored her. Luckily, there was a library less than 10 miles away. The library was situated on a beautiful flat road that seemed to melt into the marsh. First, she had to drive on Route 21 over the bridge on to St. Helena Island, past the tables of sweetgrass baskets for sale, past the post office, past Frogmore, and then reach the road to Penn Center, where she would turn onto the marsh road that led to the library. The eager liberals who ran the library with their bad hair and active brains reminded Inverness of her old colleagues. She had appeased them for so many years, listening to their bullshit, until she was forced to point out the obvious. Everybody's the same, with bling. After she'd shopped for groceries, returned to her apartment, and started reading three of the new books, there was nothing much else left to do. So she walked out to see the alligators, waited on the beach, watched the dolphins, studied the sky, looked for bugs, thawed dinner, ate dinner, went to bed. It was October, bright sun, light breezes, the most beautiful time of the year at the beach, arguably, but there was nobody around to argue with her about it. Just birds, sharks, and sea pork. The next day, she returned to the library, knowing that the women who worked there and the lone man would gossip about her and talk about her, comment on her height, her freckled skin, her Afro hairstyle, and the fact that she always wore ripped jeans and a black t-shirt, sandals, a ton of rings. She hunkered down at a corner table with a pile of books about bugs. Research was too tedious to do at home, but here at the library, with five librarians monitoring her, she could commit to two hours a day reading and writing about the witchcraft of bugs. Her book would be unique, fascinating. Bugs ruled the world. She would call her book Insect Queens. Those are cool rings you have on said the checkout woman from yesterday, sneaking up behind her, the nosy one who ran the circulation desk. Her face was pale and doughy, with a pink pouty mouth, below the coal black eyes. She smiled a lot. My name is Heather, by the way. You said you were a librarian. Inverness, right? Like the city in Scotland. Yes. Heather laid a hand on her shoulder. It felt warm and soft. I also like silver jewelry. There's a gift store in Beaufort with rings like that. Oh, I should go there. It's called Sea Glass. Check it out. If you need anything from me, I mean research books, just holler. Inverness smiled and nodded. This Heather was okay, but too bright. Inverness's late mother, who had been a psychiatrist, 
had said blank positive agreement was always the best way to deal with people. Just smile and nod, Vernie. Smile and nod. Inverness wished her mother were still alive. Together they had hated housekeeping, baking, and the color pink. They'd both loved reading and research, exercise, and they had agreed that the rest of the world was stupid. Every time, all the time, they had been correct. But being correct, scientifically so, did not get you company at dinner or a man to warm up the bed. Men had never worked out for Vernie. Come to meet my parents, they'd say. Why, we're not having children together. You look beautiful today. Vernie had smiled and nodded, knowing they wanted sex. You know, my family has a reunion this Saturday. You could come. I don't like potato salad unless it has green olives, oil, and vinegar. Sometimes Inverness did not know how to answer these men, so she said nothing, and the men just gave up on her. Curly-haired men, gingers, tall black walking sticks, bald-headed men from South Korea and South Africa. It was never any good. They all belonged to another world, one defined by categories and boxes. As Inverness walked out of the library, Heather yelled out to her, If I see any book on bugs, I'll set them aside for you. Geesh, where was the quiet? Wasn't this supposed to be a library? She passed through the metal detector and left. When it rained the next weekend, Inverness stacked up her books and returned to the library. Today, the parking lot was filled with cars. Kids were running around, screaming, splashing in puddles, trampling the flowers and bushes. A sign said, Gala Festival. A scary thought, crowds. She had to enter the library. She needed more books about bugs mating rituals. <clears throat> As she walked in, the library man and two frumpy female library clerks clumped together to stare at her talk, and whisper. Heather was at the circulation desk. Hiya! Hi there! Inverness! I found something for you about beetles in Hawaii. Call me Vernie, please. She leaned in closer to the desk so Heather would lower her voice. Really? Inverness is okay, too. Heather pushed a couple of books her way. Surprising how many people write about bugs. Her voice was still too loud. Bugs are everywhere. That's why. We're having a festival today. It's kind of horrible. Heather rolled her eyes. Yeah. Inverness deposited the old books, picked up the new ones, and headed toward the research tables. A thin brown man was sitting in the basket nature nest close to her research table, weaving something. He had on black glasses and a sensuous mouth. Inverness liked his short hair twists. The man looked up and smiled. I'm sorry, am I in your way? Inverness stared at his hands. He was using a nail for weaving. You know, we have a festival today about the local Gullah culture. Okay. You can come in, sit by me, even though I must be smelling like Magellan. It's been such a long morning with all these kids yelling at me, and the air doesn't work right. 
Inverness tried to enter the nest area and join this man, but the man, seated on a bench, was surrounded by a clear aqueous membrane like a call, an inflated balloon, or the skin of a jellyfish. When she poked the barrier, it indented and sprang back. Inverness glanced around. Do you see this? See what? I see that you're looking pretty fine and it's almost noon, almost lunchtime. I see your beautiful hair and your t-shirt. Hmm. You got any money for lunch? Yes. Inverness wanted to go out to eat with this man, even though he was using her for a free lunch, literally. And he might be ten years younger than she was, and slick as a rain boot. Lunch might be fun. He could do all the talking. The man stood up and began stuffing his basket-weaving materials into a shopping bag. His pants were too short. Mameen and Maudie Cafe, he said. Blackberry goat cheese salad, your treat. I'm the entertainment. My name is Hassan Anderson. Hassan stood up. The call moved with him. And that, dear listener, is all for today. And we're going to read part two next week. For now, I'm Laura. Marco. And Dante. Saying ciao. 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 Until, ciao. until next time.